Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Oh man, I am grateful to be a part of a church that loves and values not only young people, but also creativity. Um, It's so, so good. But hey, if you don't know me, my name is Ruby Heslop. I am the youth pastor of Annasbrook Church, and um, I count it the biggest privilege to... I guess be a part of teenagers' lives and their journey with Jesus. Like that really is what I do and I'm so grateful for that. Does anybody love Annasbrook Youth here? Anyone? So good. There's some pretty amazing things happening at youth at the moment. Um, I reckon we're seeing the start of a revival. Like, it's pretty crazy what's going on. Um, there is just an influx of, of young people who have not grown up knowing who Jesus is. And it's just so amazing to see. Well, I'm going to pray for us all this morning. And then we're going to unpack a bit about that showcase. How are you really? Does that sound good? Okay, thank you, Lord. You're here with us right now. Just pray, would you move through this message, this word, would it be your words, not mine? Just speak straight to people's hearts, straight to people's minds. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. Hey, turn to the person next to you right now and say, how are you? Hopefully they gave you an answer. Now turn back to them and say, how are you really? That's always a good one, eh? How are you really? Okay, I hope that was a good quick catch up for you all on a Sunday morning. Um, But show of hands, how many people just said, I'm good, how about you? Anyone? Oh, no hands. Did nobody say that? Oh, man. Well, I reckon usually that's pretty much the automatic answer we all give, right? We called this showcase How Are You Really for a reason. Wasn't an accident. I reckon people of all ages, stages, backgrounds, right now more than ever, um, are becoming a little bit automatic. Um, so often we say we're good even when we're not. It's like an automatic response. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I do it all the time. The server at a restaurant or a cafe is, like, gives you the food and they say, hope you enjoy your food. I'm like, you too. Hang on, no. <laughs> it's like so awkward. I um, have been to a movie theatre, don't know if anyone else has, probably. And um, I started talking to the person at the desk and I said, hey, enjoy the rest of your shift. They said, you too. I was like, hang on, am I an employee at the movies now? I'm not sure. And what do I do with that? The worst one, and I hope other people can relate to this too, because it's happened to me too many times. People say, happy birthday, Ruby. You too. It's definitely not their birthday. Oh man, it's the worst. But you know, at the moment as a church, we've been unpacking um, these 12 spiritual practices that help us to follow Jesus. This showcase is all about emotional well-being, um, which is the practice we've been unpacking most recently, talking about how important our emotional well-being is in our relationship with God as well, how to be honest when things aren't going exactly how, they're, how you're wanting them to, maybe even they're not going quite as well as the front you're holding up, not sure. But this showcase, this thought actually goes far deeper than just your emotional well-being. It actually, um, becoming automatic can affect your whole relationship with God. We've got to be more intentional. You know, our brain is pretty amazing. Um, We don't have to consciously figure out how to walk. We just kind of do it. Um, We don't have to think too hard about speaking. Words just often come out. It's like, oh, wish I could have taken that back. Um, But I think if we let this automatic way of being take over, our relationship with God is going to go from purely 
um, revelational to purely communicational. Now stay with me here. You may be like, I don't understand what you're saying, Ruby. I was having a conversation with a good friend recently um, about knowledge. And they said, hey, there's two types of knowledge. I was like, wow, I did not know that. So number one, and I think it's gonna come up on the screen is communicational knowledge. And number two is revelational knowledge. So communicational knowledge, you can obtain it in four different ways. I'll give you some examples. Number one, innately. So, you know, I know I need to breathe because I was born with this understanding. I just do it. I just know. Number two, perception. I know that Pix peanut butter is across the world, across the world, across the road, because I've seen it there. Um, Number three, communication. I know that Pastor Jared and Graham love the gym. Um, Maybe a bit too obsessed. I don't know, because I hear their stories. I I see posts on Instagram. Um, Number four is reason. I know know that my cat loves me because I can infer it from her behavior, okay? So you may not have a cat and that's okay. My dad, my dad hates cats. Anyway, that's communicated knowledge. Four different ways of it being obtained. You now have some knowledge about communicational knowledge because I just communicated it to you. Wow, that is a sentence. Um, so there's that versus revelational. Um, the Greek word for revelation is apocalypsis. It means to be revealed, a disclosure of truth. Um, in the New Testament, it actually refers to God making information known to His people, which I think is pretty cool. So for example, I know God exists because I have had visions. I have had encounters. I have felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I have heard His voice. I have seen healings and wonders and miracles. I have felt and seen things that I know have to be God because there is no other explanation. So if you know God, I'm gonna make an assumption here right now that you have some form of revelational knowledge about God. It can't just be all based on what you hear about Him. You've had an encounter, a revelation. You're not just taking someone else's word for it, right? But I've been thinking about it. And um, if you're a Christian here this morning, a lot of Christians without necessarily knowing it, um, live out their relationship with God based on communicational knowledge. This is where majority or all of the knowledge we have about God is coming from our connect group leaders or the message on Sunday or a podcast or whatever. But I wanna tell you this morning that we need more than that to truly know God. We need to make sure our relationship with God isn't just surviving off of other people's revelations. Ephesians 1.17 says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I love that, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of what? Wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him, for we know the Father through the Son. Another translation, the NIV says this, says it this way, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. You may know him better. Okay, so let's set the scene. This piece of scripture um, was a letter written by Paul. It was written to the people of God in Ephesus um, while he was in prison. And if you don't know, Ephesus had some interesting stuff going on at the time. Believe it or not, quite a similar culture to what I think is going on right now. Um, There were idols, people worshipping objects and other gods. Um, There was a very warped image of sex. There was almost a theology of hate and anger, power control, rather than service, sacrifice and love. So all this is going on. Culture is straying far, far away from God. A weirdly similar picture to what is going on. Now, and what did Paul say in his, in his letter to the Ephesians amidst all of this? He did not say, go Google the answer. He did not say, go rant on Facebook about it. <laughs> what did he say? He said, I pray that God may give you what? Re- wisdom and revelation. I pray that you may know Him better. 
How often are you getting revelation from God? Not just basing your relationship with Him on what you hear about Him. God wants to reveal information straight to you. He will and can use other people to reveal that through, but you and I need to be open for it. You and I need to be hungry for it. Let's read a piece of scripture together. I'm sure we're all familiar with this in some capacity. Um, it's called Adam and Eve. Anyone heard of it? Adam and Eve? Yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought you might have. So Genesis 3 verse 1 to 7, we're going to read through it. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So right there, the serpent is questioning God's authority. Did he really say that? Does it really matter? Is it actually true? Has anybody ever heard something from God and then you have that thought in the back of your mind, did he really say that? Am I making that up? Like, surely that's not God. It goes back, verse two. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman said. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So Eve knows what God has said. Let's see how the rest pans out. So number four, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced, it says, convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. But at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now let's think about it for a moment. Why would the serpent go to Eve and not Adam too. Why would he go to Eve? Let's skip back a chapter to Genesis 2 for a second. Rewind back to the original conversation. In chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 of Genesis, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Next verse, okay, this is important. Next verse 18 says this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So hang on a minute. I hope you're catching on. God places Adam in the garden of Eden. God told Adam to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When was this? Before Eve was created. Not after, before. I personally believe, and you may disagree, but I personally believe there's a reason the serpent told Eve to eat the fruit. There's a reason he challenged her on God's authority, not Adam. It's because she wasn't the one to get the revelation. Adam was. She only had the communicational knowledge. She had been told it by Adam, and I think she genuinely believed it and knew it, but under the pressure, under the circumstance, under the temptation, that wasn't enough. Man, I hope this is stirring someone up. I wonder what Adam would have done if he was the one the serpent went to first. I wonder. How many of us are in the same boat as Eve? We know lots about God. We know what He said to us. But how many of us actually need to go deeper? Not just other people's revelations, but our own. When the enemy tries to question you on the authority of God or attack you, are you going to crumble because you haven't gotten revelation? You know, growing up as a PK, um, if you don't know what that means, pastor's kid, um, people would make interesting comments to you. Um, can't do that, have to do that. 
If you knew a certain thing, it's because of your parents. If you didn't know a certain thing, how could you not because of your parents? Um, And oh man, I could go on. But there was a moment as a child that I realised my parents introduced me to God. And a lot of you might be in that same boat. You grew up with parents who introduced you to God. But I'm the one who has to make my own relationship with Him. I can't live off of theirs. I can't live off my pastors. I can't live off my connect group leaders' relationship with God. I'm the one who has to have my own personal relationship with Him. So when I'd read the Word and come to church and pray and worship, I realised this is what God is saying to me. This is the revelation I'm getting. Now I can stand on something firm, my own faith. And guess what? You don't have to be a PK to have that realisation this morning. You don't. Mind blowing, I know. You know, this message this morning is a bit of a a challenge, but man, I wanna encourage you. Your God is ready and willing to reveal to you things that you have never, ever considered. He wants to speak to you probably more than what you wanna hear from Him. He wants your spirit to come alive so that when we hear the Word, it's spirit and it's life to your soul. Jeremiah 33 verse three says this, Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Ask me, I will tell you. I will share with you a revelation about things to come. Who wants God to share with them today? And every day, great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Man, I'll put my hand up to that. Right, listen to this. We can be like Adam, knowing what God has said to us, not just because we've heard it or know it, but because it's a revelation that's gone deep into our hearts. If you genuinely hunger for God this morning to reveal things to you, He will. If you take on board this whole theme, practicing the way that we're unpacking as a church, spiritual practices will draw you closer to God. So which ones are you gonna start to implement into your relationship with Him? Let's open our hearts for it. Let's open our minds to the possibilities of what could be revealed. Okay, I could keep talking this morning, but what I thought is even better than that is we could make room for God to give some revelation this morning. I have on my heart to pray for some people and then for us to worship, for us to do nothing more than just welcome the Holy Spirit into this place. Welcome Him in. Ask Him to speak to each and every one of us. Does that sound good? Okay. Can we all stand to our feet right now? Um, Let me ask you again real quick, and this is a rhetorical question, but how are you really? How are you really? Now let me ask you a new question. How is your relationship with God going? Really? do you hunger revelation? Really? I don't know what it is for you, but I want to lift up every person in this place because I believe this message is for everybody in some capacity. There's always room to grow. There's always more to hear. There's always more faith that can be risen up, more to be revealed to us. So let's close our eyes right now. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing this song. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.